true focus is saying no to things you absolutely would love to do so you can stay focused on those things you must do. And for me, that was liberating to begin to say no. Hello, my friend, and welcome back to another episode of A Call to Leadership. I'm Dr. Nate Sala, and this solo episode is all about an introduction to servant leadership, why it's important, how it can benefit us and those around us, and compel us to lead through serving well. Well, I'm so glad to have you on this episode on awareness servant leaders have an awareness and we're running through Larry Spears analysis of Robert Greenleaf's work on servant leadership and if you've heard any of the previous episodes you've heard me talk about Robert Greenleaf and he was an executive at AT AT&T who really started breaking down from a philosophical perspective what the servant leader might look like and of course an entire theoretical approach then became at the forefront of leadership studies in academia and in non-academic sources on how we can better lead transformationally and help others to achieve far greater than we or they ever thought possible alone. So this idea of awareness, it reminds me of a story when I was a kid. And we lived in an apartment complex, my mom and I, and I think I was probably about seven years old. And I really wanted the kids, the little neighborhood kids, if you will, to come hang out at my apartment. So while my mom was working during the day, I thought, what would be the best way that I could get these kids to come to my apartment? And so I grabbed a box of Cocoa Puffs and I put one Cocoa Puff about every few inches in the center court of our apartment complex and I led the dots all the way to my door and then inside. And would you have it, one after another after another, my little buddies, all the neighborhood kids, came into my place. Well, we raided the pantry and had a really good time. And that day, I learned two things, especially after my mom came home. One is that people are motivated by what they value, and they will act on those motivations. In this case, these kids were motivated to eat that cereal, and they then began to follow my lead, if you will. And then the second thing I learned is it takes about a week to sit down after your mom comes home from work and realizes that you and your buddies emptied the entire pantry. So that was a rough lesson. But the beauty of the first part was it was really an exercise in discovery and awareness. And as leaders, one of the first aspects of leadership is discovery because discovery both internally self-discovery and externally the world around us helps us to develop awareness both self-awareness and awareness of the world and so if we're going to break down leadership and understand how leadership manifests it really starts in the mind it starts in the mind on how we desire to go forth 
And we must first observe and discover the world around us. And we must absorb and observe the world within us. In fact, there's an old Latin phrase, which is noce ipsum, which means know thyself. Knowing thyself, this idea of self-awareness, is really the beginning of how we can learn to lead others and serve them well. Now, one way to do this is to practice reflection rather than deflection. We often deflect rather than reflect on our stimuli. For example, I remember just last year, I was parking my car and I was trying not to give any door dents to the cars around me. And unfortunately, I dinged a car and I was so upset because I was trying to be so careful, but I wasn't. I went upstairs to my office thinking about what I'm going to do because I was at work. And I decided, you know what? I don't know whose car it is, but I'm going to write a note to say I'm sorry on the top of an envelope and I'm going to put 100 bucks in it. I actually did a little research on how much it costs to do a paintless dent repair or a PDR of a very small door ding. And I read that it was an average of $85. So I thought, okay, 100 bucks should cover it. And then I put the note on the car window and I was very proud of myself. I was happy. And then I shared it with one of my colleagues, a very good friend of mine, who said, wow, Nate, that's impressive. But why didn't you leave your name and your phone number? And I thought to myself, wow, what a great question. And I just paused for a moment and I said, you know, honestly, I would think probably because I didn't want to be bothered anymore. And so I thought I was doing a good deed, but really there was more good that I could have done by leaving my information and saying, hey, if it's more, let me know. But maybe I thought in my mind that this person might say, oh, wow, it's going to be $150. It's going to be $200 or maybe chew me out or anything that I just didn't want to deal with. And so my friend helped me to understand that better. And here's what he said. He said, you know, I'm so glad that you reflected on that instead of deflecting. Because the natural route might have been, maybe another way I could have responded and said, you know what, that's plenty generous. I mean, 85 bucks or 100 bucks on what was normally 85. Who even leaves money when someone dings a car? I mean, it's almost unheard of. In fact, it's never happened to me. And I talk with many people and I say, no, no one's ever left me money. And so that's an example of reflection right? Having an awareness of, you know, it's possible I could have even done more in this situation. So what did I do? I told my colleague that the next time I'm at my office, I'm going to find out whose car that is, if it's a car that's there daily. In other words, if someone works in that same building. Sure enough, I asked the cleaning individual and this person said, yeah, that's a car that belongs to this person in the office. I explained the whole thing. So they didn't think I was some kind of a weirdo, but they know me from the office anyway. And I went into the office of the person that owns the vehicle and I said, hey, I just want to let you know I'm the one that dinged your car. And this individual got a huge laugh out of it. I laughed and then asked me if I was a Christian. <laughs> and I said, well, yeah, I am. 
And so it turns out this person was also a Christian and thought that was a very noble and respectful thing to do. Not necessarily that you have to be a Christian to do a good deed, right? But the point is, is that I went through that process of becoming more aware of how to better serve. And sometimes it's uncomfortable, right? But at the same time, it's liberating because I am truly beginning to walk in service of others. So in this case, how does awareness come about? Well, it came about through discovery, through conversation. And one way that we can become more aware of our surroundings, of ourselves, to know thyself, if you will, is to have conversations with others who we respect. Do we have colleagues, mentors, companions, confidants who we can share about these situations that come up in our own lives? Perhaps a mentor. And sometimes mentors don't have to be someone who you regularly interact with, although that's fantastic. Sometimes they can be what we call mentors from afar. Perhaps someone who you admire and respect. You watch their YouTube channel or you listen to their podcast or you read their book. And you're able to gain more awareness on the external situation. And then, of course, there's internal awareness. And I remember when I was back in grad school and one of my first courses, I had to take all of these assessments and these inventories. So the Myers-Briggs and there's a spiritual inventory. There was the global leadership inventory and a number of others. And what they did was cause me to reflect on who I am. And I found that in some of the findings, there were some correlations and some patterns that developed that helped me to become more aware. And one of those patterns was that I had a high level of agreeableness, and which is interesting because when I was younger, I had a very low level of agreeableness. I was very argumentative and I had problems getting along with people. So at some point that turned into a high level of agreeableness. But at the same time, that was also a problem because I was perhaps agreeing more than I should have. And what happens when we agree more than we should? Perhaps we overcommit. I know I overcommitted very often to projects or when I was engaged with a friend and the friend wanted to go out or have me help them, I would say yes a lot. If it was at church, I would often have so many ministries that I was a part of because I was always saying yes because I was so agreeable. I wanted to help. Well, that wasn't good at all because it spread me so thin that I was unable to stay committed. And friend, that's an issue with integrity because it compromised the integrity of my commitments. So through that self-awareness and self-assessment, I realized that I needed to say no. And it was okay to say no. In fact, it's been said by the late Steve Jobs that that true focus is saying no to things you absolutely would love to do. So you can stay focused on those things you must do. And for me, that was liberating to begin to say no. It's difficult at first. It really is, especially if you're the kind of person like me where you have that high level of agreeableness and you want to help. You want to help everyone. But you only have so much of a time resource. 
and were entrusted by God to use it wisely. And so that's where it becomes easier to say no and say yes to the things that we know that we should be committed to. In fact, I've said it like this, if we were to do less so we can give more our best, do less and give more our best. That was an outcome of a self-assessment. So I do encourage, I encourage all leaders to take different assessments and inventories. And the Myers-Briggs is good. There's the predictive index is very good as well. And of course, there are a number of others, spiritual leadership inventory, spiritual gifts inventory is another one. The global, the jelly is another good one. I can't recall what the acronym stands for. I know it's a global, I think maybe executive leadership inventory if you're in business. And begin to know thyself so that you can see your blind spots and you can see your weak spots. And this is all part of awareness, this awareness realm, if you will. And begin to listen and discover the world around you so that you too can begin to have awareness of different aspects of what's going on that you're attracted to because to make a difference, be a difference maker, to stand in a gap in an area of passion for you. You know, where is it that you can make an impact with your own giftings? And of course, you can't begin to make an impact with your giftings until you know what they are. And so that's the first step. First step is to know yourself and then to take those gifts and make use and manifest them in the world. In fact, it reminds me a little bit about the parable of the talents that Jesus told. And he tells this story of three servants who worked for a master, and the master gave them each a sum of money. And one, he gave one denarii or a day's work, and then number two was two, and number three was four. And the first servant actually took his money that was given to him to multiply and increase and hid it. He buried it. And then the other two invested it, and they multiplied it. And when the master came back, he asked the servants to give an account of what they did with the money. And the first one who buried the money said that he knew that the master was very shrewd and he did not want to upset him. And so he buried it. And so the master said that this servant was wicked and lazy and cast him out. And then the other two who multiplied and increased what was entrusted to them He told them, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and dine with the master. And friend, that's a little bit about this idea of awareness because the first servant was not aware of A, his own giftings, what he could do. Two, he wasn't even aware of his master because he was not aware that his master was actually going to be pleased with him as long as he had faith enough to invest that gift to be multiplied and increased. And incidentally, the two who multiplied and increased had different amounts which were multiplied by. In other words, they didn't have the same outcome as far as the material grand total, if you will. But they did have the same outcome that they received a well-done, good, and faithful servant. You see, friend, awareness allows us also to take the steps forward 
so that we can do a good work with the giftings we have and multiply everything that we are entrusted with as servant leaders to help others along their journey. Today is the day. I hope this week you will work on and really start embracing this idea of awareness, internal awareness and external awareness, and an attitude of discovery, observation, exploration, because there's so much to learn. I hope you've enjoyed this time, and I've enjoyed it too. Well, my friend, thank you for joining me on this episode of A Call to Leadership. If you've been listening, you've probably heard me talk about our accounting and advisory business. And this show was actually born out of that business, those relationships. I found that entrepreneurs and professionals were missing aspects of their leadership that fed into their bottom line and helped their businesses be successful. So I'm so thankful that I've had all those years in that area to feed into this. And the truth is that so many people still need accounting and advisory help and they don't know where to go. If you're in that place where you feel, oh my goodness, my tax person or my accountant, I can't find them, or maybe the service wasn't up to my expectations, do not despair. I'll leave how you can find us in the show notes, and one of my team members can do some discovery and help you along your journey. You're not alone, my friend. You always have help. I'm Dr. Nate Sala. Can't wait to see you on the next show, A Call to Leadership.